Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. What is going, everybody? Welcome back to Faked. I know it's been a little bit since our last episode, but we're back. And um, if you guys haven't been following me on TikTok, I've been doing a pretty like small visual, just shorts, I guess, um, of small little fake things, uh, whether it's quotes. You know, it's things that aren't um, tangible. And I know most of the tangibility comes with this podcast So I wanted to kind of deliver something and cast the net a little larger for people who may have inquisitive um, questions about things or just, you know, want to learn something new. So check that out, uh, Faked Podcast on TikTok. But uh, without further ado, let's talk about fake ginseng. So this is something that I knew I wanted to get into um, just because the herbs and spices and, you know, health benefits always have... um, I think it's always interesting me more just because, you know, the body is such an interesting vessel and there's all these things that people need in order to um, ensure that that vessel continues and health throughout the years have has always been faked. It's always been counterfeited snake oil salesmen's all this stuff. So with ginseng, there is a quite a, a crazy history with it, um, even to this day, really, because it's technically illegal, um, in order to like extract, like pick, you know, there's certain points in the world where I guess it plays such a huge part in a biodiversity of an area that it's actually illegal to harvest them. So we'll talk about that. Um, but let's just introduce everybody to ginseng and what it is. And mostly the extract is the big part. So, uh, ginseng extract is an extract or concentrated powder. Uh, obtained by extracting and concentrating the roots or leaves of a Panax ginseng C.A. Meyer. Ginseng is native to the mountains of Northeast China, East Russia, Korean Peninsula. Um, geez, Peninsula, okay. <laughs> Haven't had my coffee this morning. So it is a protected plant both in China Russia, and uh, most of the ginseng in the market, uh, they come from plants grown in China, South Korea, Russia, and parts of Japan. Um, there are... Um, parts of America where they're found as well. And uh, we'll talk about, um, actually, no, I didn't want, really want to go more into it, but it's parts of the Smoky Mountains, actually, it's like crazy, um, basically like the wild east <laughs> because people are growing these or harvesting them in number, like crazy numbers, and it is it is definitely illegal to do so. So they're cracking down on that like crazy. So I'm sure China, Russia, Korea, they've got their own little um, agency in order to make sure that that doesn't happen there. Um, and it really doesn't have to anything to do with like the market itself. Again, it's just the naturalistic side of it. So Let's talk about the history. We always like to talk about the history of these things. So since ancient times, ginseng has been known as the king of herbs. In Western countries, ginseng uh, is also known as the uh, panacea, or panax means the treatment of all diseases. Its main active ingredient is um, ginsenicide, um, which sounds terrible. It sounds like genocide. Ginsenicide, ginseng, polysaccharide, sterile amino acid, etc. So pharmacological, jeez, 
Who butchered that one? Pharmacological studies have shown that ginseng and its main active components have the functionings of a regulating uh, functionings of regulating a body metabolism, central nervous system, cardiovascular system, endocrine system, immune system, antioxidative stress response. So clearly, there is a ton of ticks that makes ginseng the true king of herbs. There, that is a ton of components. Um, to help people out, which is why they throw it in tea, which traditionally is probably fake. Uh, you know, most of those are just like the truffle episode. So if you guys want to check the one out, truffle oil is extremely manipulative uh, when people talk about it in the fact that it is not real truffle. So in modern scientific research, the popular efficacy research of ginseng and its active ingredients at home and abroad mainly focus on relieving physical fatigue, delaying aging, weight management, blood pressure, anti-inflammatory, anti-tumor, anti-oxidation, and glucose and lipid metabolism, and it can make you fly. Can't make you fly. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of ginseng. So um, outside of, I think there was like a lot of energy drinks that had ginseng in it, but again, makes me a little wary about that now that I used to read that on a lot of these energy drinks. I mean, it's like a dollar eighty for an energy drink, and they're putting ginseng in it, and it's the king of herbs. That doesn't add up. So, in ancient China, ginseng has always been a precious medicinal material, exclusively enjoyed by the royal family and dignitaries. With the uh, economic development, the improvement of residents' uh, consumption level, and the promotion of ginseng planting technology, ginseng has gradually approached the vision of the general public. So nowadays, ginseng has been widely used in medicines, health products, functional foods, and cosmetics. The application of health products um, is most, mostly in the form of a compound recipe. So the, um, the ginseng products that have been developed in functional foods include beverages. So maybe we were correct with the energy drink, uh, alcohol, um, ginseng alcohol, hmm. uh, candy, tea, preserved foods, rice noodles, and cakes, etc. The application of cosmetics in daily chemical products mostly use ginseng extract or rare saponin form. Hmm. All right. So basically the only way to identify fake, um, fake ginseng is to know what real ginseng looks like and to have like some crazy, um, extraction scientific method to pretty much break it down into its chemical form. And if it doesn't match up, then it's fake. And most of us don't have access to that. So basically what we're going to have to do is how do we identify ginseng? Okay. Now you, this is going to be out in nature. So I don't think people are hiding fake ginseng only for us to find it. That's ridiculous. Most of the fake stuff comes from claims in the sense of this is ginseng tea. And then you read it and, you know, it'll say like ginseng flavor. I don't know if it even technically has a flavor, but um that's what it'll it'll basically claim that it has all these great health benefits of ginseng without actually the real deal. So how do we identify ginseng in um in the public sector? Um so in nature, I guess. So you can uh, identify wild ginseng by following the um kind of information that people put out about it because you're probably not going to find it randomly. You know, it's it's not something that is so widely known about or is in a 
public area like a park. Usually it's like a deepened forest kind of thing. However, you can grow your own, but you're going to want to consult a map. There's a cultivation map that is available online. And basically that's going to tell you where it is even possible to grow or where it's easiest to grow. So popular spots for cultivating ginseng range anywhere from Louisiana to Michigan, um, even though the wild range of ginseng may not even extend that far area but again you're just going to want to consult that map so generally the older the plant the easier it is to identify it so once your ginseng has matured the leaves will become more bulbous and the serration won't appear so severe making it pretty easy to tell apart from lookalikes such as wild strawberry seedlings which um those are pretty you know they're always coming up you, you see them in the the little the grounds kind of uh, wild wildflowers, I think they kind of come up. We get some where we're at and they're really tart. You can eat them kind of early on, but um, kind of interesting that this stuff can just kind of grow um, on your ground and you may not know it's ginseng. It's pretty crazy. So what is wild ginseng and how is it different? So wild ginseng is highly sought after, um, especially if it's allowed to mature. So but overall, there is no real difference between the wild ginseng and the stuff that you just kind of make or grow on your own, uh, except for the fact that somebody found it and there's like that, uh, you know, attached connotation to it of this is wild. Okay, this is wild. So the bulbous uh, appearance doesn't typically occur until the plant is about 10 years old, sometimes even older than that. Um, it is particularly soft sought after by export traders because it makes American ginseng look like its Asian counterpart panics ginseng. Okay. So kind of interesting stuff. Um, there is disclaimers, which we talked about that, uh, not only is harvesting wild ginseng illegal in many States, but it is further lowering the population of an already critically endangered plants. So some states do have regulation place to allow you to harvest during a certain time of the year, so long as you are licensed. But um, obviously, we'd like to see a new generation of ginseng stewarded to help the population um, progress. So if you find a native ginseng crop, your actions can directly affect the conservation of the species and should generally always be left to park rangers or just anybody in a local conservation authority. Okay, so where do ginseng um, grow? Like what grows around it? So ginseng grows around a variety of plants. We apparently typically like to call ginseng's companion plants, which are plants that grow in the same conditions and regions as ginseng. So ginseng farmers who want to cultivate and harvest their own crop will likely be doing so in their own woodland areas. And that means they are plenty of these other plant species willing to make their home near the plant. So these companion plants can sometimes look very similar to what they are trying to cultivate, especially when your ginseng is just a little sprout in the ground. So in, um, in the case of missing markers, invasive plants, or identifying the plant as you pass kind of on that evening hike of yours, it's important to understand the differences between your ginseng and any other plant native to the surrounding area. So when you go to harvest that crop, the last thing you want to grab is a fistful of poison ivy by accident or lock onto a budding buckeye tree that have just started to grow into your thorny stems. Wouldn't want to ruin that, that guy there. Love a good buckeye tree. So what does it look like? Um, the, the ginseng is a... It's very leafy and pleasing to the eye, standing as tall as 15 inches. Um, each stalk typically grows three sets of leaves, which branch into their own respective clusters of leaflets. 
So, um, if you're looking at the Panex um, Quinquifolius up close, um, you notice that there are three to five palmetly um, compound leaflets. So this means that they are arranged like a outspread hand and the leaflets are attached directly to the, the little central point there. So there's three large leaves and then two leaves at the base, which are much smaller. So it's, you know, it's pretty easy to, I guess, mix them up with some other stuff. You're talking about leaves here and they're not like a certain color. They are leaf color. They are green. Um, and then when we talk about the ginseng flowers, those are pretty cool looking. It's kind of got like a fireworking kind of explosion of fires on top of it. You can see the individual white flowers that kind of come from a bulb and then, you know, meet in a reverse firework kind of localized point there. I know this, uh, plays very well over audio, but um, definitely check it out online if you guys are interested in looking at some ginseng stuff. I know this is more about the fake stuff, but uh, again, we need to learn what something looks like real, you know, in order to determine whether it's fake. So let's move on to the fun stuff, the anti-counterfeiting measures that are being taken now um, in order to make sure that a lot of these uh, ginseng reproductions are ousted over the years because again you don't want to you don't want for one you don't want to pay for something that is claiming to have the same health benefits as something that actually has the health benefits i assume you'd probably want to just pay for the the real deal so um falsified ginseng products have been a feature of the natural products market for years and then one canadian producer which we're going to talk about has now taken steps to protect the brand from the fraudsters so Canadian Vita has contracted Nanotech Security to supply color-shifting labels with printed logos and trackable serial numbers for its ginseng products to help its consumers um, ensure that they are buying the genuine product and not a counterfeit. So they're taking the blockchain method of being able to verify if the ginseng is real or not. So they felt it was so necessary and so detrimental to their market um, and the people, you know, the consumers, so detrimental to it that they were, they just invested in all this technology in order to make sure that people are getting the real deal when they're buying their ginseng. Okay, so the company has positioned its ginseng um, products, which include ginseng roots, ginseng extract capsules, and other products like ginseng infused honey as a premium quality brand offering high levels of compounds that have been linked to health benefits and low levels of pesticide residues and moisture. So it kind of has like that nice organic feature. So in particular, it says testing has shown that gin senicide levels in Panex um, quinquifolius from its grower in um, Ontario can, in Canada. So this is the um, quinquefolius, I think is how you'd say it. Um, that's like the U.S. side, the Canada side. That's not the Japanese, um, Chinese, Korean, all that side um, component over there. You know, that's a whole different species. So the approach 10% uh, higher than samples from the U.S. and China. So apparently it's got 
better ginsenoside levels, which I assume they would probably make that claim themselves because obviously they want to sell their own stuff. So lower quality ginseng can be mislabeled to pass it off as a premium product um, or mixed with another type, for example, in other or in order to maximize profits, okay, defrauding customers and making it harder for honest suppliers and traders to operate in the market, okay? It can be hard to tell a difference between different ginsengs without laboratory testings, as we've talked about. And most of us don't have a laboratory set at home that can identify the chemical compounds of these uh, particular plants or you know, uh, powders or whatever you are. So um, that's why we need to look at something like this, something that's going to be labeling to where we can just look at it, trust it, and then verify if we want to, whether that's through a QR code or something like that, that's going to really, really um, hone in that market to make sure we're not getting the fake stuff. And I do believe, I mean, I would assume that large companies like uh, the energy engineering company that we talked about that had ginseng in it, I'm assuming now that I think about it, they're probably not going to want to make those bad health claims. They're going to probably want... You know, they don't really say, no, I guess they did say how much milligrams like on the side it, it had. But yeah, they, could, would, they wouldn't want to lie about it since it's their reputational line. However, there has been large companies um, just like uh, Bang, for example, which I'd like to do an episode on fake creatine because they, uh, they're, they're in the crapper right now about uh, claiming that they had creatine in the stuff when there has been found that there is none, no creatinine or creatine in it. Um, so they run into those issues of fake claims on their health. So guys, that is it. Um, I know episodes like this I really enjoy because I'm learning at the same time you are. It's something I haven't studied about um, you know, beforehand, but I we all know kind of what ginseng is. So it's kind of interesting to see, you know, what some of the legal statuses are, what people do with it, why people do it. Um, you know, ginseng is very expensive, um, and that's why people go through the effort to go look for them and illegally harvest them because there's real money behind it, and um, not a lot of regulation on the market, it seems. So guys, remember with faked items, there are those that produce them, those who purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.